will tell you that I was going through, um, I'm sure some of you get this, your, uh, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or an app on your phone, it kind of gives you a memory of something that happened uh, years ago, and uh, a memory popped up for me from a few years back, and uh, I'm afraid, dads, I got you all beat, because unless you got a card like this for Father's Day, it says, Daddy, I love you bigger than the whole world. So, yeah, yeah. And that was a memory from a few years. Emma's 14 now. She didn't give me that this morning. So, uh, but I think she just does still love me bigger than the whole world. So, uh, seriously, to all the dads out there, happy Father's Day. But before I go on, I do want to pause just for a second because... While we're having some fun here on Father's Day and we'll continue on as the day goes on, I am very aware uh, that for some people here this morning, uh, there could be a, uh, just a little bit of sadness on this Father's Day. Maybe uh, this is your first day that your dad won't be around. Uh, I know of a couple of people here this morning, that's the case. Myself, personally, my dad passed away earlier this year, so this is the first Father's Day I'll be celebrating as a dad myself, but without my dad. Maybe for you, growing up, uh, you know, dad wasn't present in your life, or it just wasn't a good relationship between you and your dad. Or maybe you're here this morning, and you just, you really want to be a dad. And for whatever reason, at this point, uh, that hasn't happened. And while you're all celebrating the fathers in the world, for you, there's kind of a tinge of sadness. I want to just say a prayer uh, for those of you for whom maybe Father's Day uh, brings a little bit of um, sadness this morning. So, God, Father God, we come to you this morning and just, just pause in this service to pray because you are... Uh, our Heavenly Father. Lord, whatever we've been through in our own lives, whatever our own experience of fatherhood has been like, thank you, Lord, that we can look to you as um, a father who uh, the Bible says will never leave us or forsake us, that loves us so much that he sent his only son to die in our place, a father who loves us unconditionally, a father who doesn't expect us to have to clean up our act and get things figured out, but like the father of the prodigal son is just looking to run out and meet us if we will turn our lives to you. That's the kind of father you are, and we're so grateful for that. And Lord, I do pray for everyone here this morning, Lord, for who Father's Day will be just a little harder this year maybe than before. Maybe there's a dad who's not around anymore. Maybe it's a reminder of a difficult relationship with a father. Maybe it's someone here this morning desperate to be a father and hasn't yet... Uh, seen that happen. So Lord, I just pray for everyone here this morning uh, who just needs some extra love and presence and support from you, Lord. Just be with them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I was um, working on what we were going to speak about this morning. We were actually in a series, and I thought, you know, I'm going to pause the series, and I'm going to speak about something that just really ties in with Father's Day, because I know for a lot of us, you know, we're thinking about that. And uh, it got me thinking about the day that I became a dad. So it was over 21 years ago, uh, Ben, my oldest son, was born, and I remember Casey and I, I mean, I still distinctly remember it. Ben was born at Pekin Hospital, and uh, obviously we spent a few days there after he was born, and then eventually it was time for us to come home so they helped us with the car seat and they got him all strapped in the car and, and then off we went and I remember driving back from Peking and just this sense of horror of like this is it <laughs> like it's up to me now 
and, and Casey. Actually, it was mainly up to Casey and, and me, a little bit of me. But just this sense of, like, I'm driving a car right now that I had to be trained to drive. I had to take a test to make sure I was capable of driving this car. But this kid, they just strapped him in and they said, off you go. No tests, no training. They just sent me on my way. And it can be very scary. And I think for all of us this morning, whether we're mums or dads, even grandparents here this morning, there's just that sense of responsibility, like, wow, this, this brand new life, I'm going to impact this life. So for me, I wanted to make sure I was the best dad possible, but I found myself wondering, what does it mean to be the best dad possible? 21 years later, I'm still asking the question, what does it mean? What does it look like to be the best dad possible? Well, I was reading this week, and uh, the words of a man named Paul in the New Testament, who as far as we know, wasn't a dad himself. But as you read his writing, and Paul wrote a large part of the New Testament. He wrote these letters to, to new churches and to individuals. This was after the time of Jesus. Jesus has died, risen again, gone to heaven. And now Paul is one of the very first missionaries who's helping to establish the very first church in the first and second century. And his writings are fantastic, and, and he writes to these different churches, but he writes to individuals as well. And I was looking at what he wrote to a young man named Timothy. Now, Timothy was going to be in charge of this church that Paul had helped establish, and now Paul's writing him these two letters. They're, they're 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, and the letter just is full of advice and wisdom that Paul's passing along to Timothy. But listen to how he starts out both of the letters. In Tim, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, he says, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He starts out that second letter by, by addressing Timothy as his dear son. But you see, Timothy isn't his son. So why would he say that? Well, in 1 Timothy, the first letter he wrote, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, he says this. This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God our Savior and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. So Paul is kind of saying here in the introduction to both his letters, I'm writing to you, Timothy. I know you're not my biological son, but when I look at you, when I think about what I'm writing to you, when I, when I hear about what's going on in the church that you're now leading, I think of you as my son. I think of you as my son. I, I, all I'm teaching, all I'm helping, this isn't just to some guy who's running a church. When I'm writing these letters, when I'm thinking about you, Timothy, I'm thinking about you in the way that a father would think about his son. And I love that because it means that this morning, what we're going to learn from Paul, it'll be great if you're a dad here this morning. If you're a father here this morning, this will be some great insight that we learn from Paul. But because Paul is writing to Timothy, who is his true son in the faith, it means that every one of us, dads, moms, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, grandparents, every one of us can learn from Paul this morning. Because like Paul, we have people in our lives who God has put there who we can pour into, whose lives we can make a difference in, in the same way that Paul was making a difference in the life of Timothy. You see, Paul sees his role as being like a spiritual father to Timothy. And he knows he needs to teach Timothy as much of what he's learned as he can in order for Timothy to lead this church well. 
But I think most importantly, he sees his responsibility towards Timothy the same way that many of us fathers do here this morning. And that is that Paul realizes, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy. And from the time I drove back from that hospital in Peking 21 years ago to now, I think growing inside of me more and more as I watch my kids get older is more than anything else, more than I can teach them, more than they can learn from me, I'm hoping and praying in the same way that Paul did with Timothy, that I can leave a legacy. Because what is that? What, what does a legacy mean? Well, I think a legacy is that part of you that gets left behind. That part of you that impacts the next generation. In fact, right now, I wonder if some of us are thinking about people who have left a legacy behind for us. A father a grandfather, an uncle, a, a spiritual father, a mother in our lives who have left a legacy for us. Now think about the legacy that you're leaving behind. Because a legacy, it could be a comfort to you because it, it, it's reminding you that you won't be forget, forgotten. A legacy is that idea that I won't be forgotten, my memory will live on, but it's also an encouragement. It can be an encouragement because it means, it means something in me was worthy of continuing. Some part of me was, was worthy of, of being passed along. Many of you who've been coming to Connect for a while will know this, but for those who are brand new, last month I was part of a team that got to do a fundraising trip out to Nepal. We actually went out to the Himalayas and over 15 days we hiked up to the base camp of Mount Everest. It was an incredible experience and uh, I loved it. It'll be a memory that stays with me for the rest of my life. But last year, when I found out I was going on this trip, my wife and I and our kids, we took a trip back to England last summer and I got to visit my mom and my dad. And that's when I told them about this trip I was taking. That was the first time I told them about this trek that I was gonna be taking in the spring of 2022. At the time, my dad's health was declining. He had some dementia that was starting to set in. And I remember asking my mom recently, did dad fully understand you know, what I was doing? She goes, absolutely, we talked about it a lot. He really understood what it was you were doing. Sadly, my dad passed away earlier this year, so he wasn't alive when I did this trek. But I found myself thinking about him a lot while I was out there. And on that trip last year, when I was back in England, um, my dad actually gave me some things and uh, some, something that he gave me was his, his sweater that he used to wear skiing. He says, I don't think I'm gonna be skiing anymore, so here, you, this is, there's no point in me keeping this. You, you keep, it's a lovely skiing sweater. And in this picture right here, this is me, the day I made it to the base camp of Mount Everest and that's his sweater that I'm wearing. I took it with me intentionally because I knew A, it was gonna be cold and I'd need a good sweater. Uh, and B, I wanted that to be the sweater because all day as I was climbing, I was thinking about him. All day as I was climbing, I was thinking about as a kid growing up, just how much fun we had as families on those ski trips when we used to go from England out to Austria or Switzerland and we would get to ski and just wonderful, wonderful memories of my dad and time spent with my dad skiing. Six or seven years ago, um, he was here visiting and my dad and I and my two sons, we all went skiing in Denver, in Colorado, in Breckenridge, and just a very brilliant, brilliant trip. Such a great memory that, that I'd grown up skiing with my dad, now I'm skiing with my sons and all, all of us were there together. I, um, 
I was thinking about him as I was climbing that day and the legacy that he left in my life. Here's another picture of me. And uh, I had one of my teammates take it. That's my dad. You can't see it very clearly, but that's my dad on my phone. And, and uh, I had him take that picture of me and I sent that to my mom and to my sister and I made them cry. And then I sent it to my family and I think they cried. And then I got all caught up. So I made a video myself to my kids and I sent it to them, just telling them how much I love them. I'm on top of the world and I love you guys. <laughs> and I was just, I think I was in a real emotional mood, but just this whole idea of just this, this legacy moment. But here's what I realized in that moment. All day as I was climbing up towards that final point, it wasn't things I was remembering. Oh, I remember my dad teaching me this or my dad saying this. I, I just remember who he was and what he meant to me and the legacy he left inside of me. And I was thinking about that as I was working on my message this week. Who is it? What is it about us, especially us dads? What is it about us dads that we wanna pass on to our kids? What is it in us that we want our kids one day to remember about us and the difference we made in their lives? Because Paul understood this. Listen to what Paul said as he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.13. He said, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So he's saying to Timothy, hey, these words that I'm teaching, follow the pattern of these words. It's important you understand what I'm teaching you, but that wasn't all. Paul also wrote to a church in a city called Philippi. It's called a letter, it's called the Philippians. And listen to what he said in Philippians 4.9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, so things I've taught, or seen in me, or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So for the dads here this morning, and actually for everyone for that matter, because like Paul, we may have spiritual sons and daughters of our own, whether we're dads, mums, whoever we are. The question we could ask ourselves is, what have you seen in me? I mean, it's good what you've heard from me and, and what I've taught you, but what have you seen in me? I ask that question with my kids. What do I want my kids to see in me? And I was thinking about that this week because Paul's got this idea of this, um, you know, that the legacy is more than just teaching. Write this down. Don't forget this, this phrase I'm going to tell you. It's this, this idea of follow me as I follow Christ. That was kind of Paul's idea, you know, to say, hey, just I'm, I'm following Jesus. So, so follow my example. Look to who I am. Follow me and what I do. That's what a legacy looks like. So I was thinking, you know, when I... When I've been looking at my kids, what is it about me that I want them to remember? And I, I thought of these two words this week that I'm gonna share with you, and maybe this will help some of you here this morning. And um, it's gonna be like a little play on letters here because I thought of a word that I thought would be good, and then I thought, you know what, maybe this would be better. So the first word I thought that I thought would be good as a, as a young dad, I remember, was that as a dad, I wanted to be cool, okay? I know none of you dads are like that, as shallow as that, but I remember as my kids started to get older, I wanted to be the cool dad. Because maybe you've had this realization. I remember this point when my kids were younger and I was thinking about when I was younger and I used to think my parents were so weird. They just weren't cool at all. And suddenly I did the math and I realized I was the age that my parents were when I remember thinking they weren't cool. And I'm like, now I'm that age and I'm really cool. So I need to make sure that my kids know just how cool I am. I told Emma, my daughter, this story this week. We were out driving in the car and I was telling her about what I was speaking about and this idea. She goes, oh, dad. 
She goes, do you remember that one time at school when you wanted to drop me off? And I was like, no, it's fine. You can just park here. I'll walk. And you were like, no, no, no. I'll park and I'll get out. We'll walk up to the school. She's like, no, Dad, it really is fine. Just you stay here in the car. I'll go by myself. I'm like, Emma, don't you ever see me with Dad? I'm cool. And she's like, Dad. And I, was, I, she tells me this story. I don't actually remember this. She tells me that I said, Emma, I'm cool with three Cs. I'm cool. <laughs> I mean, literally at that point, I signed the document that says I am no longer cool. I mean, basically, because <laughs> when she was telling me, she wasn't telling me like, Dad, it was the coolest moment. It was seared in her memory. I don't remember it, but she still to this day is horrified by that moment when I turned to her and said, I'm cool, 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 cool. <laughs> That's why you're not walking with me <laughs> to the school. I do not want my friends to see that. You know, I realized early on, I was trying to be cool. I was trying to hang out with my kids. I was, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff with them and, and, and I'm realizing I'm kind of older than them and I'm trying to be this. But really I thought, you know, cool's cool, but maybe caring is better. Instead of being cool, maybe I should be focused more about being somebody who's caring. And here's why I thought about caring as being a good attribute that I think I'd like my kids to remember about me, that legacy that would live on. Jesus is talking about this. He, he's, he's telling some parables towards the end of his life. And Matthew, one of the guys who writes about the life of Jesus, he's talking about this in his letter. And in Matthew chapter 25, he, he tells this parable about um, sheep and goats and how the sheep will be remembered for the good they did and the goats will be forgotten because they didn't do the good they should have done. And it's quite an interesting parable, but... Listen to what he says at one point in this parable, Matthew 25, verse 37. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? Because Jesus has told them these are the identities of people who are caring people. And they're saying, well, when did we ever do that? We don't remember doing that. And the king will say, in Jesus' story, the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When you did this, when you cared for the stranger, when you showed hospitality, when you helped someone who was in need and gave them clothing, when you saw somebody who was thirsty, you gave them something to drink. When you saw a need and you met a need, you weren't just doing it in that moment for that person. Jesus said in that moment, you were doing that for me. It's like you were doing that for me. That was a spiritual act that you did. And I got to think about what it's like being a dad with my kids around me and, and that they get to see how I interact with people. They get to see how I interact with people who are in need. They get to watch the interaction between me and a, and a server in a restaurant, a cashier at the store. They get to see that and they get to see as a dad, how, how am I responding as a dad? Because when I do that for the least of these, that's what Jesus is saying. When you do this for people who, who maybe, um, you know, you, you wouldn't think of as being, oh, these are really important people, I'm gonna treat them right. But it's when, you, when I do this for the least of these, the way I care about other people Jesus sees that. It's like you're doing that for him. And what I realized is my kids see that as well. That's part of my legacy that I think I'd like to live on. Yes, I'd still like to be a little bit cool as their dad. But I think it's more important that they remember how caring I was. 
Something else I think I've always wanted to be known as, as a dad, and this has grown in me over the years, and maybe some of you guys out here can relate, and that is a fixer. A fixer. Man, I can, I can figure this out. I'm sure there's a YouTube video on how to repair washing machines. I'll, I'll take it apart and see what I can fix. And over the years, I've, I've tried to be the fixer. I've tried to get in there and, and fix some things, and, and sometimes it works out well, not every time. Just recently, I had to call a friend of mine. This was in the last year. Uh, he's a plumber, and it was like 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night. And I was like, hey, I really need your help. Can you come and help me? We've got a bathtub in uh, the kids' bathroom, and right now the, um, the water is just coming out of the pipe on the side of the wall. It's just like spraying out into the bathtub. Um, there's no shut-off switch in this bathroom, so I've had to go down to the basement and turn the whole water off to the whole house. Uh, and we can't do that because we need water in other areas. So is there any way you can come out tonight and help me? He's like, absolutely, I'll come out and help, so. So he came out. Fortunately, he was able to fix it. Now, there was a reason that the water was flying out of this pipe on the side of the house. It's because just a couple of hours earlier, the tap in their bathtub had been dripping just slightly. And it'd been dripping for a while. And I'm like, I bet I could fix that. <laughs> so you can see where <laughs> You've already heard the end of the story. So you can hear. I unscrew something and I do something, I feel something. And before you know it, there's just. And, and he came and he said, why didn't you just call me in the first place? I was like, well, I figured I could. He goes, it would have saved you a lot of time and money and effort if you'd have just called me first. But I'm a fixer. I want to fix things. I want to get in there. And, and, and sometimes it ends up with me causing more damage and I have to call the professionals in who really know what they're doing. But I think that's part of, it's part of who I am anyway as an individual. Maybe some of you dads out there can, can relate to that this morning. And there's part of us is like, I want my kids to remember I was the guy who fixed things. But something interesting happened to me while I was on my trek recently. I'm, I'm gone for three weeks. We were in um, the Himalayas at 7,600 miles from here. And we were fortunate because we actually had, we, we were able to get cell service and connection. So I was able to kind of connect with my wife and family while I was gone. And I remember there was one morning I'd, I'd messaged Casey. We were talking on the phone and she was talking about some stuff that was going on at home with the family. And she's like, it's just really hard. You know, this is happening right now. And it's just hard because you're not here. And, and I remember in that moment, just feeling this sense of desperation of like, oh, man, I, I wish I could be there. I, maybe I could fix things if I was there. Maybe I could help sort this out, but I couldn't. And just the Sunday before, there had been a, um, a song that they'd sung in worship, and we hadn't actually gone up into the mountains at that point, so I was able to watch the service online, and um, it was just this wonderful worship song, and it really spoke to me, and, and I downloaded it, and what I found was, from that day on, every day in the trek, I was listening to this song two or three times, and I was using it as a time to just pray. I'm just using this time saying, God, just, I, I pray for my family. I pray for all of them back home right now. I pray for everything they're going through, all the situations in all their lives. And, and I found myself praying because that's all I could do. I was so far away, there was nothing else I could do. And it was, for a while, it was frustrating because I wanted to just try and fix things, but I couldn't because I was so far away. And I realized, you know, this is probably what I should have done in the first place. Even if I was back in Washington, Illinois, this is probably what I should have done first was go to God. Say, God, I need your help to be the best dad I can be. God, I need you to, God, would you please just bless my wife, bless my kids. Help them with the struggles they're going through in their lives. Be with them. Let them know just a, uh, how wonderful they are. And I was reminded of this verse in Proverbs. Solomon, one of the wisest people that ever lived. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And I realized, you know, I don't think I want to be remembered as being a fixer. I think what I'd like to be remembered as instead is being faithful. Instead of being a fixer, I want to be somebody who's faithful. Who the legacy I leave behind is he was somebody who understood what it looked like to trust in the Lord with all his heart and not to lean on his own understanding. Because I don't know about you, but the fixer in me wants to figure things out too quickly. I want to go and I want to help, you know, figure out the situation or solve the problem or, or deal with the situation. And really what I should be doing first is what I was forced to do 7,000 miles away. And that's just trust in God and not lean on my own understanding. And I spent hours just walking those trails, just thinking about and praying for my family. Praying that God would be real in their lives and that he would meet their needs and he would be with them and, and realizing, man, I probably should be doing that all the time. Not just the times when I can't fix it. I want to be known not just as a fixer, but someone who is faithful. I don't necessarily want to be remembered as being someone who was cool. Many of you this morning will say, oh, Dave, there's no fear of that. But I would like to be remembered as someone who was caring. Because I've realized in the last year with my dad passing away that, that a legacy is important. I remember being at my dad's funeral and hearing all the people say the wonderful things about him that they said. And, and what amazed me the most, there were people who commented on my Facebook post when I announced that my dad had passed away. And, and these people I'd known since, they were friends of mine from high school. They were friends of mine from England when I was um, younger. They were friends of mine from over the years on a, uh, the missions program that I was a part of. Friends of mine from churches I'd worked at before. Friends of mine from this church. Many of whom had met my dad over the years. And what amazed me was that the folks who spoke about him at the funeral, the comments, there was, there was this common thread. Everyone kind of spoke very highly of him and said very similar things. And I realized, wow, that was his legacy. That was his legacy. And I know that it lives on, and I know that it impacted generations to come. Because just a couple of months ago, I was stood right on this stage, and I will preempt this story I'm about to tell you by telling you that on that drive in the car, earlier this week, I was talking to my daughter about this story that I'm about to tell you, and I asked her permission, and she said, yeah, Dad, you can tell that story. Because a couple of months ago, I was stood here on this stage, and, and for the very first time, I announced this trek that I was going to be going on. And I talked about, you know, where I was going to be going and what I was going to be doing, but I actually talked about why I was doing it. And the reason I was doing it was to raise money to help plant churches around the world, but specifically to help plant churches that reach children. Churches that will make a difference in the life of a child, maybe a child in poverty in different parts of the world, but will impact the life of children somewhere in the world. So I had a goal to raise money and I announced it that morning in church. And from that day on, people started donating and, and many of you who are in the room this morning made donations and I'm so incredibly grateful for that. Thank you so much. But it was first service, I announced it, and I walked out to the lobby and I uh, went to kind of mingle and visit with some people. And before I got to speak to anyone, my daughter came up to me and she kind of pulled me aside. She goes, Dad, she goes, I want to give to your trek. She said, I want you to take, and I want to say how much. She goes, I want you to take this, and a significant amount. She goes, I want you to take this amount of money out of my um, savings. She has babysitting money that she's been saving out. She goes, I want you to take this out, and I want to put it towards your trek. 
She said, because when you were talking this morning about what you're doing and why you were doing it, it reminded me that just a couple of months ago, we were back in England at Granddad's funeral. She said, and I remember hearing all those people say those lovely things about Granddad. And, and a lot of people kept talking about how generous he was, how he would give his time, how he would help people. And as you were talking this morning about your trip, I thought, I want to be like Granddad. I want to be remembered the same way he was remembered as somebody who is kind and generous. So when you were speaking this morning, I thought, I'm going to make a donation. <laughs> I tell you what, that's about the best Father's Day gift you can ever have. When your kid says something like that, and when you get to hear your daughter say that, because you realize, wow, this, and actually, to be honest with you, this, this has nothing to do with me. This is my dad. <laughs> my dad's legacy impacting my daughter. And I hope and pray on this Father's Day that you have fun, that you open some great gifts, that you get something other than just a tie. I hope it is a great day. I hope you get to stay and visit with us and enjoy some food and some desserts out there. But I hope this morning, whether you're a dad or a mom or a brother or a sister or an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent this morning, that there's a part of you, like Paul, that wants to, to live out that verse that he wrote to the Philippians. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father God, sometimes the, the calendar leads us to think about certain things. And on Father's Day, uh, we tend to think about dads, the dad in our life, the dad that we want to be. And we think about attributes of what it means to be a good dad. And like me this week, I was thinking about some of these things. But actually, maybe not so much cool and uh, a fixer, but more caring and faithful. I pray for everyone here. Maybe they'll come up with a word, with a word for themselves. That it'll be like, this is what I want to be remembered for. This is a part of me that I hope my kids, that my, my spiritual kids get to see in me. This is a part of the legacy that I would like to leave behind. As I follow Jesus, I pray they would see that aspect of Jesus in my life. So Lord, be with us now for the rest of the day. Help us to have a wonderful time outside to enjoy our time together. Thank you, Lord, for the food. And uh, we pray you'll bless that and bless our conversations out there. In Jesus' name.